Good morning and welcome to Monday Medicine, the pastor's prescription for your problems. And I'm joined today by my awesome friend, Pastor Richard Lejeune. And Pastor Curtis King, thank you for coming and visiting with us down here in Connecticut. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I guess when this airs, I'll be driving home. Yeah, I think. Yeah, You'll be on your way back. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. it'll all be over and uh, revival will have broken out in Connecticut. I'm telling you, recapturing New England with the revival days of old. Amen. Amen. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it, man. Uh, so at the moment, I'm looking forward to being there. And I, I really, really am. I, I am so charged up about this. So, but it's going to be uh uh, honestly, preaching and teaching uh, for you will be wonderful, but hanging out with you and Angela is going to be the best part of it. We're looking forward to it. April today told me to tell you hello. Oh, so. well, hello to April. Love April and Matthew. I got to tell you, those guys, um, uh, Angela posted a picture of April on Facebook um, recently. And, um, and it hadn't been that long since I've seen her, but I thought, good night. She's grown three feet. What in the world? <laughs> I'm not, I don't know if I'll recognize her when I get there. Unreal. She's, Unreal. she's getting, she's getting tall, blossoming into a woman. She's a, uh, she's a sweet girl. She really uh, is. Well, I can't wait to see you guys. And I, I can't wait. Uh, you know, the, you've made a lot of um, changes in your church facilities since I was there last so I'm really yes. charged up about uh, about seeing uh, all the changes um, uh, and and your new in the house you live in now. I, I just can't wait. We're just so charged up about this. Yeah, it's going to be, be good. good. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, yes, yes. Man, oh, man. Well, we are recording this on the same day as last week's episode, and what a day. <laughs> That's so, why we're both wearing the same outfit. So if you go back to last week's episode, we're, we're no, yeah, we're... Uh, our our costume design crew. Um, well, <laughs> we we don't quite have the budget for that yet. So, yeah, and and it's obvious that they don't. We don't have anybody to do our makeup for us and all that. Praise either, so. God! I don't want anybody <laughs> putting makeup on my face. So, oh man, yeah. The older I get, the more I need something to. <laughs> yeah, take take the edge off a little bit. It doesn't look good, man. It doesn't look good. <laughs> I was doing Marco Polo with Janet earlier. And uh, when you do that, you got the phone. So my face is like right there. And I'm like, oh, what an ugly man. This is terrible. <laughs> so, oh, man. Oh, man. Well, hey, we got good jokes today. Uh, at least I've got a good joke today. I, I haven't heard yours yet. But you had Let's a good one it. last week. You had a really good one last week. And, uh, and I don't, we don't yet know who won last week's, but. Uh, I'm going to guess it probably was you. So I went first last week. So you go first this week. Mine's a Valentine's Day joke. Okay. And so um, this guy, he's in, you know, he's a very spiritual man and he's a newlywed and he's just head over heels in love with his, his new bride. And he's praying and, and he's, he's thanking God for his wife and he's just in touch with the spirit of God. And so he's praying. He says, Lord, I'm so thankful for this wife you gave me, but you know, why did you, why did you make her so, so soft? And the spirit of God sort of whispered in his heart, so that way you'd want to touch her. 
He said, well, what, why did you make her so pretty? Well, that's how you'd look at her. He said, okay, God, I get all that, but why did you make her so dumb? And the Spirit of God whispered back to him and said, so she would love you. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Unfortunately, that, yeah, okay. <laughs> good one, good one. All right, especially coming off of a, a, a couples conference. Couples, what are you calling this, anyways? Couples conference, marriage walking retreat, is what? one couples conference. Couples yes. conference. Okay. Every time I tell our church here what I'm going there to do that, um, I say marriage retreat, couples conference, uh, uh, couples seminar. Uh, it's all good. I, yeah, yeah whatever. Turn. Yeah. Okay. So there's a uh, there's a, a lady sitting in church with her little boy and a uh, little boy was just kind of moaning during during the sermon and the mom looked down at him like would you would you hush and and he after a while he looks up and he says oh i don't feel good and um the mom said well just hang in there it'll be over soon and and a few minutes later he kind of nudges his mom and says mom i really don't feel good and mom said just hang in there it'll be over soon and a few minutes later the boy said mom I, I i gotta go throw up and uh she said well we'll just run out the back door and and you you can run there's some woods out behind the church just go go throw up out in the woods and so he runs runs out and and in just a matter of seconds he comes back in and sits down next to her and and uh and she's thinking he didn't have time to go run all the way to the woods back there and um she leaned over and she said did you go all the way out in the woods to throw up and uh and he said no mom i didn't have to and she said well why not and he said because there's a box in the lobby of the church that says for the sick <laughs> oh no <laughs> he threw up in the benevolence box yes he did yes he did <laughs> <laughs> oh my oh that's my. rough and i tell you the stuff that happens at church the stuff that happens at church Woo. <laughs> okay I love, I love it too i love it too oh man hey uh, we've got a great great topic that we are going to start today and i'm really charged up about it and we're getting an early start what in the yeah. world yeah Man, it is not even seven minutes into the end of the broadcast, and um, we're already starting on it. We, we, you got any more foolishness we can talk about? Um, I, I, I got another joke. If you want, can I tell two? Sure, go ahead. Go ahead. All right, a bonus <laughs> joke. Bonus joke. <laughs> a Sunday school teacher was discussing the Ten Commandments with her five and six year olds. <laughs> All right, and. After exploring the commandment to honor thy father and thy mother, she, she asked, is there a commandment that teaches us how we're to treat our brothers and sisters? Without even missing a beat, little Tommy spoke up and he answered, thou shalt not kill. <laughs> <laughs> that, yes. <laughs> oh, that's good. That is good. Wow. I love it. I love it. Uh <laughs> Okay. Well, hey, we are going to start our, our new topic today, and this, uh, I assume, will last us today and next Monday as well. And um, I have to say, uh, the last topic, biblical ingredients for happiness, I really feel like 
um, was probably the most well-received series that we've done. And, uh, but I, I've got to say this one, I feel like might be um, better uh, than that one even. And, uh, uh, and this is kind of good. We got a little extra time here at the beginning because um, we're going to try to cover three points today, but let's spend a, a few extra uh, seconds in introduction. Um, uh, Pastor Lejeune and I, we both uh, love basketball. At least I did in my younger days. I don't anymore. I heard somebody not long ago, they said, I'd rather uh, play sports than watch them. And I said, not me. I'd rather watch them. <laughs> my days of playing sports are over. I don't, it hurts, man. It hurts bad. I don't want to go out there and hurt anymore. Um, but um, I played basketball in high school, which might sound impressive, but it wasn't because uh, I went to my last two years of high school, went to a small Christian school and we played small Christian schools. And um, um, you guys state champs. Um, we in we didn't actually have we were not in a conference. OK, but in the tournament that we played in, which was um, uh, Western Kentucky, Southern Illinois and uh, Southeastern Missouri, um, we came in second place. OK, um, there was one team in Cape Girardeau, Missouri, that we just couldn't beat them. I mean, they. Um, we were bigger than them, but they were just fast. They were really, really fast. But, uh, um, but anyway, uh, uh, we had fun. We really, really had fun. And, uh, those were some good old guys on our team. And, um, but, uh, I played forward and, um, uh, I, I learned, uh, you know, I, I was skinny. I was only about 130 pounds, 130, 135 pounds, and which is not good if you want to be a rebounder. Um, you, you really need a little bit of beef to you, and I didn't have any. But one thing you said last week that you need to be able to be a good rebounder is you need tenacity. And I totally agreed with what you said last uh, Monday on uh, that episode uh, regarding tenacity. There are a lot of techniques to being a good rebounder. You got to box out, and you got to kind of use your rear end to bump the person out of out of position okay you can't That's use true. your hands to push them you can't kick them uh so you just got to get in front of them and 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 just kind of bend over and, and use your rear end to push them away which is perfectly legal um and uh, and you have to time it where you've bumped them backwards when the ball is coming down so you can get up there and take it down and one thing we said last week is you can have a team that's um you can have two teams playing against each other. One is a terrible shooting team. The other is a good shooting team, but the team that is no good at shooting can win every time if they're good at rebounding. And if they're getting two shots, every time they get the ball to one shot, every time the other team gets the ball, then, um, then the bad shooting team will win period. Okay. And, um, you know, um, this might sound a little off topic, but I promise you it's not. If you made a list of all of the sins that King Saul committed and a list of all the sins that King David committed, they're not that much different, okay? I mean, they're really not that much different. In some of the areas, King David was worse than King Saul, okay? They say, well, what's the difference? Well, read Psalm 51, and you'll see the difference because when Saul was confronted over his sin— he got prideful and defensive, but when David was confronted over his sin, he was humble and he repented. So the point is, 
two men who both had a lot of greatness, but one man couldn't rebound. Okay, he just couldn't bounce back. Whereas David kept bouncing back and bouncing back and bouncing back. And right now, it's not the star of Saul that flies over the nation of Israel. It's the star of David that flies over the nation of Israel because he was a man who understood the art of the rebound. And um, um, so probably, I know we're, um, we are, um, uh, at least I am belaboring the introduction here, um, but I'm, I'm going to say one more thing about it and then let you take point number one um, and have as much time as you want. But um, what I'd like to say is that you may have been knocked down by a number of things in your life. Um, it, it might be uh, a sin. It might be uh, a medical issue. It might be a divorce. It might be a betrayal. It might be a lot of things that has just knocked you backwards. And today, I just want to challenge you to, to realize that there is a rebound that is awaiting you and you can bounce back from it. And it's our prayer that you will. Um, I will say, I hope you'll turn into next week because I think that the more applicable points are next Monday, but let's start with point number one, Pastor Lejeune, um, the art of the rebound, point one. Yes, yeah, so the art of the rebound as it involves uh, the uh, someone who might be new to this idea of Christianity, there's an entry point and that's salvation. Uh, I have met with many people who've stopped by my office who are going through a hardship in life and they are facing divorce or facing the loss of work or a a number of things, just whatever life throws their way. And I'll sit with them and they'll lay out their problem for me and I'll listen intently with an intention of helping them. And and we get around to helping that. And then this is what I tell them. I say, we're going to start, we're going to start out wide and we're going to narrow in toward your problem. We're going to start bird's eye view and come in from your problem. So you begin by knowing for certain that when you die, you're going to go to heaven. We call that you rebound by getting saved. And that word mm-hmm. saved means to be rescued. Um, the word rescued implies that you're in peril of great yep. loss. And the greatest loss that a person could experience is not losing their health or their job or their spouse the greatest loss someone could experience is their soul Mm -hmm. to an eternity in hell. And you don't need to go to hell. Um, Just to break it down simple, the gospel of Jesus can be understood in four points, okay? And they're grouped in sets of two. The first two lay out the problem. The second two lay out the solution. So the problem is, first of all, that you're a sinner. Sin is a violation of God's moral law. You've broken God's law. You've done wrong. We all have. The Bible says all have sinned. The second one is that there's a price tag on sin. Romans 6 says the wages of sin is death. Understand that God hates sin. It's a violation of his law. God hates sin so much that those who die with those sins on their record will be separated from him. That's what death is. It's separation. Separated from him for all of eternity. God Hell is a symbol or represents to us God's justice and his hatred toward iniquity and transgressions and wrongdoing. Someone said, how could a loving God send someone to hell? 
And the answer is, how could a just God not send someone to help? God is just. He has to punish sin. He, He hates sin. And if you die with sin on your record, a just God is going to send you to hell. That lays out the problem. Now the solution quickly the first uh, part of the solution is understand that God, in his, even though he's just, he's also loving. He sent Jesus to die in your place. Jesus came and he became sin on the cross. Second Corinthians 5 says, but he made him to be sin who knew no sin so that we could be made the righteousness of God in him. God sent Jesus to die in your place up there on that cross. And you know, if, if my child does something wrong and is guilty of being punished and the sibling steps in and says, punish me in their place, the only way the sibling is qualified to step in is if they have not done the same wrong. Jesus lived a life. He was devoid of sin. He was perfect in every way. And when he was nailed up on that cross, God in heaven took my sin and your sin and laid it on Jesus. And as a result of Jesus suffering in our place, God now wants to take the righteousness of Jesus and lay it on your record. So he did that for everyone. And in order for you to rebound into salvation, you must believe in Jesus. Acts 16 says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Second Corinthians 5 words this way in verse 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. We're not looking to invite you to turn over a new leaf. We're looking for you to become a new creature. Amen. And the way you become a new creation is to tell the Lord, acknowledge your sin before the Lord and ask him to give you the gift of eternal life that he purchased with his uh, blood. It's not Jesus plus religion. Mm -hmm. It's not Jesus plus uh, your gift. It's not Jesus plus your good works. It's Jesus plus nothing minus Mm -hmm. nothing. Ephesians 2 says, by grace you're saved through faith. It's not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Mm -hmm. You offend God when you offer to pay him for a gift he's already paid for. Mm -hmm. All the only thing you can do to receive that gift is by faith. Believe he died for you and receive it. John 3, 7 says, marvel not that I say unto thee, ye must be born again. So you become a new creature. You're born anew when you give your heart to Jesus. And just quickly here, before I hand it back to Pastor King, I did that as a child. Uh, Jesus told uh, the crowd, he said, to get into the kingdom of heaven, you have to have the faith like like into a child. And so I did that as a child. I, I, I called on Jesus' name and I prayed a prayer very similar to this. I said, dear Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. I know I deserve to go to hell for my sin. I know that you sent Jesus to die in my place on the cross. My faith is in you alone. Save my soul. Take me to heaven when I die. And if you right now will pray that prayer Mm -hmm. from your heart and you'll mean it, then you can become a new creation. And listen, to go back, I have shared that with scores of Mm -hmm. people in my office over my years in ministry. And people walk out with just a brand new perspective on life's hardships. The hardship's still there, but you have Jesus in your heart, and you have the hope of heaven. And boy, uh, it sure does give you a fresh perspective on handling those problems. So you rebound by getting saved. We have all had moments in our life where we wish we had a reset button. The ultimate reset button is getting saved, is, is being forgiven of your sin, having a totally clean slate. That is the ultimate 
reset button. And Pastor Lejeune, I want to say this before we move on to point two. Um, we have, um, uh, our audience has expanded somewhat in, in recent uh, weeks. And, um, uh, you know, a lot of the people who listen and comment are people that we have known for years. Uh, but um, boy, uh, we've, we've seen an influx of listeners that I don't have a clue who they are. I, I may, we may never meet them. And let me just say, friend, some of this might sound new to you. And you may sound, say, well, if, if going to heaven is as simple as Pastor Lejeune, Lejeune just described it, uh, then sign me up. Uh, yes, yes, sign up. When he um, gave you an example of what he prayed when he got saved, that's basically what I prayed when I got saved too. And you, you say, well, I might mangle the words up a little bit. Well, if you feel like you need to hit the rewind button and go back, that's fine. But, you know, God is listening to the prayer of your heart more than he's listening to the prayer of your mouth. But a desire right. to be forgiven of your sin and the acknowledgement that there's only one qualified to do that forgiving, and that's Jesus Christ. That's it. Okay, that is it. So, um, listen, ye must be born again. That is the ultimate reset button. So rebounding, you rebound by getting saved. Number two, number two is you rebound by confessing sin. You rebound by confessing sin. And these thoughts are not thoughts that Pastor Lejeune and I conjured up. These are thoughts where the word of God gives us these concepts of rebounding. Okay, so here we go. First uh, John chapter one, verse nine, if we confess our sins and the Bible uses the word weak, okay, uh, so it's not talking about unsaved people. It's talking about saved people. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So, you know, uh, if somebody would have asked me the, the moment I received Christ as my savior, do you think you'll ever sin again? I don't know what my answer would have been because I don't really know if I knew enough about it at that moment to understand that I definitely will sin again. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure if I quite grasped that concept. So I don't know how I would have answered that question. Do you think you'll ever sin again? But I do know this. If you would have asked me, do you ever want to sin again? I would have said, no, I don't, I don't ever want. And I do not want to sin any. I, I, I would love to be just totally done with that. But sadly, um, that is not the case. Um, I have been saved. I'm, I'm 56. Okay. I was 11 when I got saved. And so, uh, it, I'm coming up on 45 years of being a Christian. And sadly, I have sinned num a number of times in those 45 years. And, uh, uh a sin is anything that you do that displeases God. Uh, or anything that you allow yourself to be that displeases God. Um, uh, and we know what pleases him and what displeases him based on what he told us in the Bible. So um, you cannot have an attitude that says, well, you know, we're all sinners. It's not that big of a deal. Oh, no, it's a big deal. It is a big deal. I don't like anything between me and my wife. Nothing. I like to have perfect harmony between us. Pastor Richard mm -hmm. is, is um, I, I've got about three guys I call my best friend. And Pastor Richard is one of those three guys I call my best friend. I don't want anything between me and Pastor Lejeune, nothing, okay? If I feel like I have offended him, I, I, I don't want 
10 seconds to go by without a text or a call. Hey, I'm sorry, buddy. I, I, nothing yeah. between, nothing yeah. between. And when you love somebody, that's how you yeah. feel. When you truly care about yeah. somebody, nothing between. And with God, there can be nothing between you and God. Nothing. Amen. You There can't be one habit. There can't be one favorite TV show. There can't be certain words you like to spew out when you're frustrated. There can't, there can't be attitudes that, that contradict the Bible in your life. If God said no, he means no. If God says yes, he means yes. And a, a statement I've given my church uh, probably three times in the last couple of months is this. If God is for it, so am I. If God is against it, so am I. Okay, that's it. If you want to rebound, if you want to bounce back from whatever has knocked you down, you have got to have that confession of sin attitude. And then very quickly, 1 John 2, 1, my little children, these things write unto you, that ye sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. So that's just saying you can bounce back when you sin. So number one, rebound by getting saved. Number two, rebound by confessing your sins after you're saved. And number three. Number three, you rebound by seeking the Father. Um, Luke 15, 18 says, I will arise and go to my Father and will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee. This is the story of the prodigal son who took half of his father's money, went and wasted it on the party life or riotous living. And after he landed in the pig pen and, and had nowhere else to turn, decided that he was going to go home and make amends with dad. And what I love about this confession, uh, he's rehearsing here in verse 18. He's not yet gone home. He's, I believe, still sitting by the pig pen here. But as he's rehearsing this, and I'm sure he rehearsed it and said over and over and over again and route back to uh, back home. Notice he says, I will arise and say, I, I, Father, I have sinned against heaven and mm -hmm. before thee. He didn't just make things right with mom and dad. He also wanted to make clear he was making things right with God in heaven. And when you are going to fix things uh, and rebound, you confess your sin. That clears the air now for an intimate relationship. We're running out of time here, but I want to just uh, share with you an illustration I shared with my church here on a Wednesday evening. James 4 says, submit yourselves, therefore, to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. So that, that's the confessing of the sin. You, 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 you get down, you submit to God, you resist, push away the devil, the devil flees. Now you have confessed sin. You've cleared the air. You've made it where now there is a chance for intimacy with God. That thing limiting closeness with God has now been removed. Now there's a space between you and God. And now you take a step toward God and he takes a step toward you. And um, I know that when my child has done wrong or when I was a boy, I did wrong. There was a time of correction and punishment. And then I had to be contrite and own what I had done wrong. I had to truly confess once that was done, there was not intimacy in the relationship. Intimacy came afterwards when I would take a step toward my parents and they would take a step toward me. If you're going to rebound, yes, you confess your sin. God then is waiting to wrap you up in his love. You have to make that first move. You make that first move by seeking the father and uh, getting on your face and being humble and then building that relationship with him. And as you do that, you move a step toward the Lord. He moves a step toward you. 
if you go back to our story of the prodigal son and, and you see this rehearsed confession, he gets home and he gets about half of his confession out and the dad is wrapping him up in love. Yeah. He doesn't even finish. He's slay the fatted calf, pull out all the stops, big party. Here's a robe. Here's new shoes. Here's a ring. My, my son who was lost has been found. The prodigal has returned. And that's the heart of the father. He wants to have a loving relationship with you. He's waiting on you to come humbly to him and seek that relationship. So as you do that, boy, uh, there's no better place to be than in the center of God's will and in love with God. And um, Amen. Um, it's just a sweet place to be. It certainly is. It certainly is. I hope these have been practical for everybody. Uh, next week, I'm looking at my notes right now, and uh, those these are really good. <laughs> In fact, number six, the last one we'll give next week is extra, extra, extra good. Um, I had a story I was going to tell, and I think I'm going to wait until next week. Can you remind me next week to tell the story that I was I going to? That. And honestly, I didn't give you enough time to even to give you uh for you to give number three let alone for me to squeeze my story in there at the end but <laughs> hey everybody listen next week next monday come see us again okay and um uh we will enjoy 30 minutes together and um uh, joke telling and a little encouragement from the word of god and uh, hope all of you are doing really really well parting shot pastor lejeune yes uh, go and uh do your very best get on your knees confess your sin do that every day and then that clears the air for you to have a warm, loving relationship with your father. When you love God and love your neighbor, life is pretty grand. Amen. So we, Amen. we hope you'll, you'll commit to do those two things over the next seven days. We'll see you next week. God bless you. Bye-bye.